Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courtside Heat, CourtsideHeat.com. I'm your host, Josh Munix, welcoming you back to the show on this early Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. It's nice. The weather's fantastic. My Phoenix Suns play tonight. We got some really good matchups. We got some more interesting breaking news, or just news that happened over the last few days, right? We have games we got to look at. I want to get into Nike and his canter. I want to get into uh, fantasy basketball if we have time. Daryl Morey. All of these different things. Because we have a lot to unpack in a relatively short time. You would think an hour to an hour and 30 would be enough. But no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all because here we are. We're back Wednesday morning. High 75 if you're in the valley. If not, you're missing out. Even if you're the snowbirds, that's all right. Just continue to enjoy that weather. And as always, like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find it. Across all social media platforms. Across every uh, podcasting platform. And even on YouTube and Rumble. Or if that's too much, just go to Courts of Heat on Google. Boom. Just type in Quartz of Heat on Google, boom, bada bang, you'll be having all that information right at the tips of your fingers just by typing in Quartz of Heat, one word. And yeah, we got stuff to go, we have a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff depending on what side of the spectrum you are on and all these things, right? But that's just where we're at. Before we get into things... Before we start off this beautiful podcast episode, let's talk about social media. Let's get rid of all the announcements and whatnot. Let's move that stuff aside. You're here for basketball, not social media. But as always, I got to cover that because if you guys want the best in basketball, you have to know where to find it. And where to find it is here. Go to twitter.com slash courtsideheat. Instagram.com slash courtsideheatNBA. Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. And for anyone that still uses Tumblr, and that's not been and that's not an accident, go to Tumblr.com slash Courtside Heat. And for the fun of it, um I'm gonna be creating a Snapchat account. I know I talked about that on Sunday. I have no idea what Snapchat is. Um my parents' companies on Snapchat. And I seem to reach my age demographic. I should be on there too. So I'm just going to do a lot of swipey swipe stuff. And I'm just going to get that thing rolling. And I pretty much just sounded like an idiot right there. Because you think I would know what that is? Because it just seems like something. Because I'm a teenager, right? I should be knowing how to work that off the back of my hand. But then again, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe not. I know how to work Instagram a little bit. I know how to work Twitter, Facebook. That's why you got auto uh, syndication. That's why you got those auto posts, right? That's why you got the business stuff. But yeah. So we got a lot to talk about. That social media announcement, not too much. Um, I had a podcast guest, if you guys missed it, on Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, Tuesday was non-existent for us on the podcast. Because we are coming out with something truly incredible. We are coming out with our own documentary. And it's going to be the documentary of The Big Free. My name is Big Free. 
because people call it conspiracy theory about Miami pre-planning this, or just people saying, no, you're an idiot, that's wrong, Miami was just a luck. It was just a fluke because these were just all friends and they just wanted to win. That's what Dwayne Wade told Paul George. That's what that's LeBron's decision. But and Chris Bosch, he was just going wherever. And it's Miami, right? It's a city of partying, beaches, nice weather, right? But yeah, that documentary is gonna be coming out. The, the trailer will be releasing within the next few days. We're excited for that. This is the first ever time Courtside Heat's coming out with something this unique. Because no one else is talking about this. So in the hour plus, or around an hour long documentary, we will be detailing the big three. Not by what we say, by, but by what these three men have said, what the Heat have done and said, and all these different things. There's just a reason why the 2006 Heat wanted something more than just that championship. There's always something more. Predestination is key, and it's the rehearsal before the act. I hope you guys enjoy the trailer when it comes out in the next few days. But I just wanted to plant that seed. And, which of course, is just coming out with a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, be on, be on the lookout for that. And without further ado, let's jump right into this podcast episode. Because we got a lot to talk about. And I am excited. I hope you guys are. It's a fabulous day. It's a beautiful day. And you're always rocking with basketball. And that what makes it a thousand times better. To kick us off, let's have the game of the day. The recap edition. We're looking at Lakers against Spurs. And during that matchup, we saw the Los Angeles Lakers win 100, um, 125-121. to 121 against the loss uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. But you want to know what's even more impressive than that was the comeback. It was the comeback because they were originally down 12 in the fourth quarter. They forced it to overtime and won by four. But why am I explaining that to you? Here are some of the key moments. Here are some of the top, cool, sickest plays from that game. And it's coming at you right here, right now. Let me tell you, those are some of the sickest highlights I've seen in the comeback game for the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is very special for the Lakers. Why? Because they're now at 500. They're 2-2. Two two. You remember when they started 0-2? I bashed the crud out of them. Everyone was bashing them. Uh, Russell Westbrook was beating himself up. But you want to know what's more impressive than overcoming challenges, not having LeBron James. Whether you care for the man, or you don't, or you just don't like him, you have to admit this. When he's on an NBA team, he's going to make your NBA team better. Hands down, top-notch player, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all times. He's in the top 10 conversation, the top 3 conversation. And potentially even the top two conversation, right? But, so what does this mean? The Lakers were shown adversity, and they were shown difficult times ahead. What do I mean by that? You have an 0-2 start. Everybody's um, raining on your parade. 
they're jumping the bandwagon and whatnot. They think that Fragile Davis is going to be doing his stuff, just pretty much pulling up whatever. You're gonna think you're gonna see Russell Westbrook put up brick numbers. Then, right, you just never knew, cause especially with no LeBron James, you just never knew. So the 0-2 Lakers going into San Antonio's home turf, home court, and saying, "Nah, we're not pulling up with this. We're gonna we're gonna make a statement that we don't need LeBron to win. That if he's injured or has a load management or just taking a day off." We can do it. And that was key because now what the Lakers did, especially down twelve, uh, down by 12 in the fourth quarter, they've came back and won it by four in overtime. Because not only did Russell Westbrook play well, but so did Anthony Davis. So did Malik Monk. So did Austin Reeves. Um, in 42 minutes, Anthony Davis put up 35 points and 17 rebounds. Russell Westbrook put up 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Malik Monk, in, pardon me, in 39 minutes put up 17 points, 3 assists. Carmelo put up garbage numbers. But Austin Reeves, in 30 minutes, put up 10 points. I believe, um, or maybe not. Okay, never mind. I was going to try to pull up his stats. I'm sorry if you heard the clicking real quick on the mouse. It, yeah, it's just like one of those things. But I'm trying to pull up Austin Reeves. I believe he's a rookie. I want to say he's a rookie. Yeah, he was He was in this 2021 NBA draft class. And um, he's 23 years old, right? He put up 10 points. People are excited for him. Here's why. Because... This guard right here can be a shooting guard point guard. And he's putting up some solid numbers. So for some reason I want to say he went undrafted. But he put up 10 points. People are like, well it's just 10 points. Well, thinking about it, he's not bad. He's, in his entire career so far, in his entire season, he's put up 71% from the field. 50% from the free point line. Uh, 15 minutes average, played two games, one and a half uh, assists, and he's averaging six points. What can you expect from a guy? And this is a guy that was really not getting any love because of all the star power that they had on there. Meaning, what do I mean by that? I mean this. How much time do you actually think you're going to get when you have to share the wealth of minutes? Not much. And why do I say that? Because you have to give some of the Ken base more. DeAndre Jordan, um, Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, Anthony Davis, um, Rondo, Howard, right? Um, so it's crazy. You have to be able to delegate those mints correctly and wisely. And I believe that giving Austin Reeves 30 minutes was good because it shows that, look, statistics. That means one thing, but his on-the-court impact was another. Because he's also a great spot shooter. Against the Phoenix Suns, he hit a few good frees. He he had some good open shots. He had some good open looks. He was making correct uh, decisions for the most part, right? So when looking at that, so watching the Lakers game uh, against my Phoenix Suns, then of course seeing this game, it's not bad. 
Now, on the flip side of that, uh, Jacob Ply, if I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong, had 27 points and 14 rebounds, but John uh, Murray put up 21, 15, and 12. Those are legit real numbers, and that's insane to do in 40 minutes. Talk around, talk about being an all-around basketball player. He proved it right there. Lonnie Walker, 21. Devin Vassell, 19. Right, they played well, but not well enough against the Lakers. You are winning by 12 in the fourth quarter. What happened? The Lakers took advantage of something. They were they targeted your weakness. They took advantage of it. And now they're on a two-game winning streak, which is quite impressive. Let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, two-game winning streak. They lost against the Warriors. And they lost against the Suns. Grizzlies, they won. Spurs, they beat. Spurs are not a really good team. Like, the Lakers were, with or without LeBron, were the better match team in some respects. Now, I don't know how the Lakers beat the Grizzlies, but they did, which is huge because Desmond Bain put up 17. Jared Jack Jr. put up 12. We saw Steven Adams get 16 rebounds. John Moran had a 40-point double-double. Uh, um, D'Anthony Mellon had 13 points. Where do you go down? But on the flip side of that, you saw the ball being shared. You saw the wealth being spreaded. Uh, Statistics-wise, LeBron, 19-6-6. Six Davis, 20, uh, 20, uh, 22 points, 8 rebounds. 13-14 for Westbrook. 28 for Mello. 11 for Bazemore, right? Monk with 12. Monk has become underappreciated in some aspects. I think we should talk about more. Because this is back-to-back -back games that he's putting up a good, good uh, stat line. That he's really impacting the numbers. And I, I actually believe he was the driving force, too, in this game. Because every point counts. From Kent Bazemore's 5 to Anthony Davis' 35, right? So, what am I trying to get here? Well, if you look at the box score, we see the Spurs are winning by two out the first. The Lakers win in the second by one. And in the third, you see 11 points won by the Spurs. Fourth quarter was overcame by your Los Angeles Lakers by 12. That's up the comeback right there. That forced them to OT, then the rest is history, 11-7 OT in overtime. And the Lakers did it. They came back and won. And that puts Greg Popovich's sorry team and his coaching abilities at one and free, right? So really, really impressive win. That was the game of that was the game of the day, the recap edition, right there in the books. That's not gonna be the only game of the day that we talked about. As there's gonna be one more that's gonna have to do with the Phoenix Suns at the end of today's podcast episode. Stay around for that. It's gonna be cool. So real quick, topic of uh, top news of Today's podcast episode in the past few days. So, I want to do some personal investigation. I want to know more about Robert Sarver. So, I, um, I, uh, what's good? Uh, I direct messaged a few people. I wanted to see, um, if anyone had anything new, I want to see if sources closest to the situation or closest to the Phoenix Suns organization 
whether it be writers, reporters, or just insiders, know anything more about the Phoenix Sun situation featuring Robert Sarver. We already know the bombshells that were being dropped by uh, George Schultz, right? He was the one that originally made that post, and just that huge chain reaction just exploded. So I asked, I asked them um, sources right close to the situation and whatnot that maybe could give some insight on it. Look, this is what I got. The uh, my person said that there was nothing new on server on the server front for the time being. Though, still waiting for that story to drop to see what we're dealing with first. And and real quick, I I'm, I apologize if I bought your last name, but I have no time doing it. But it was Gerald Borgate. I hope I'm saying your last name right, but it was Gerald Borgate. He's a Phoenix Suns writer for Phoenix Sports. And because uh, this is his seventh year covering Phoenix Suns basketball, right? So I wanted to get his take. I wanted to know if he knew anything about this that could possibly shed a light on this. So yeah, that's this is what I got. And talking with numerous other people, because I've I actually messaged George Schwartz too. Never got back an I never got back an answer from. That's fine. But I now know where we're at. Until this explosive, catastrophic in a way story drops, we won't know anything. I have contacted everyone I humanly could about this. I've contact I've contacted the Phoenix Suns. So keep in mind. I've I I may I might have reached somebody within the Phoenix Suns. I've asked the Phoenix Suns if I could speak to someone within the organization. Um, I'm gonna have to wait a few days, but that's where we're gonna be at. This story is not gonna drop this 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 story is not gonna drop anytime soon. This story right here is gonna be catastrophic, or there's gonna be no noise. It's all gonna be white noise. It's all gonna fade to the background. Could it? It could. Because what if there's really no base to these claims? And I'm not saying there is or isn't. I'm just saying, hypothetically, what if there isn't? And so until that, um, until that story drops, like what Mr. Borea was saying from Phoenix Sports, um, there's really going to be nothing we can do until the story drops. Because that's where the meat. That's where all the contents are supposed to be at. It's like Thanksgiving. You're gonna have like all the fixings. You're gonna have like all the, like the little stuff surrounding it. But the turkey, the turkey is the content. It's the meat. It's what we're really getting from. And that's gonna, it's gonna be from this story too. This is gonna be the ultimate power source. That story. That's so that story that should that George Floyd says should be dropping. To me, it's gonna be really really interesting. What gets out to the public? Could it be like a John Gruden situation where they're like slowly leaking things? Or it's just going to be fast-paced and they're just going to be like, bang, we're giving you right here, right now. Could it be something like that? Who knows? Just who knows? It's going to be very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't uh, happen. But we're still waiting for it. It's supposed to come out this week, maybe. That's what I'm hoping for. I saw uh, Schwartz said that. I can't remember, but it's not like that. We have it on courtsofheat.com, right? And 
we're just waiting. We are just waiting from here. But that's my update on the Robert Star uh on the Robert Sarver story. He's the owner of the Phoenix Suns, if no one knew. Now we have to be patient to cause on that. We know we have to be patient to cause on that. But there's a lot of things that have to be patient to cause on. And there are safe bets, there's wrong bets, there are catastrophic bets, there are anything, right? So when I'm looking at things and I'm like, well, we gotta let this let the be, we have to let this trinkle out first, we have to let this go fast. You know, some people just wanna wait. Look at their options, look at their values. And that applies to Daryl Morey, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's rumored, it's rumored, reported to be that Daryl Morey is going to wait on a Ben Simmons trade until December 15th. You're like, why in the free world are we waiting in less than two months to trade his sorry butt? Well, that would be a Wednesday. Why does anybody care about that? Because that's when more players are eligible to be traded. Because I, I believe let me get let me see if I get this right. Whenever a player signs their contract, there's a certain period of days, like whether it be months, right? You cannot get traded until that day comes. And December fifteenth is gonna be the honey hole for majority of these players, if not all of them that he's probably targeting whatnot. To try to get, right? So those players, when December 15th comes, whoever he's targeting is now eligible to be traded. So he's trying to get more bang for his buck. He's trying to say, you know what? I'm going to play my cards correctly. So, okay, Kyrie Irving is not going to be the cho uh, choice right now because of the situation surrounding him. The drama unfolding around him and... His uh, respective team, the uh, seven, uh, Brooklyn Nets, right? So it's going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. As, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting how we look at that because there are more is like, I want picks. I want cash. I want uh, players for this young man. I or. Right from his perspective, he's like, I want this. I want this part. This young athletic player who can defend well and to uh pass very well out of here. I want the bang for the buck. I need to get that. And I really understand. Hoharlan understand where he's coming from. Why? Because it just makes sense. So he's like, Why am I rushing this? I'm not getting a car level type of guy. Could I try to pull um, Cat out of my butt? Could I try to get that? Uh, he could try, but I don't think it would be worth it. You're going to have to get up a Cat, first rounders, draft picks, money, more players. That is going to be the system surrounding Ben Simmons. Whether he's being a crybaby about it or not, that's Simmons' choice. But the value is still on him. A team's going to be able to take... Uh, seven foot, somewhere around there, really tall, athletic guy, and try to mold him. If he gets a shot, you should watch out. But right now, he's a bum without a shot because his attitude is affecting his play. And I'm not going to go down the long history. If you guys want to uh, catch up back on that, check out courtsahe.com 
or on our podcast, wherever you guys listen to, whenever that's like SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, anything like that. So yeah, it's just very interesting. But then Daryl Moore's not the only guy that's thinking about trades. He's not thinking about trades. There are two other teams that could be trading one of their star players or one of their good players. Are you ready? The Kings. The Kings are most likely to trade Buddy Heald. That is the perceived rumor in innuendo right now that we could be seeing a Buddy Heald trade. But I'm not shocked. And you could be saying to yourself, well, why are you shocked? Why why am I shocked? Well, because here's the reason why. It's because they traded him once already. He was already traded. If no one remembers, he was already traded. Well, imagine. You already, you already had plans to give your play. You're like, oh yeah, we're done. We don't want him anymore. It was a done deal to the Lakers until the Lakers were like, oh, look at that sweet deal. We get Russell Westbrook, huh, drop him. Right, because Russell Westbrook can do more than Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is a phenomenal shooter, but he's limited in that respect. Lisa Russell Westbrook and his gigantic ego that never settles and never calms down. A major flaw, might I add. He can still pass. He can still rebound. He can still defend. He can shoot. He is a triple-double master because he forced everyone for him to be that way. Or he's just very good. That's like an and-or situation right there. Right? I think he's going to be... A, so I think they made the right decision. But if... I wouldn't be shocked if Buddy Hill goes. Buddy Hill wants out. The Kings don't want him anymore. Now they're just trying to find the best suitor. Who's going to bid? Who's going to jump for this monkey, right? Who's going to be the guy to be like, Oh, we want him. Oh, we need him. Oh, right. Just getting over, over all that stuff. Right? You, you guys do get where I'm pointing out at. Because the Kings, once they find an opening are going to take it. They're going to take their chances. They're going to make sure they're like, you know what? We want this player. This is the player that we want. This is the player that we're going to need. And if you think, and if you think for a minute that they're not going to take any offer, you're crazy. They also want to get rid of Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley is trash. You could have had, you could have had Luka Doncic. No, we want Marvin Bagley. Duke players never work out unless you're like the select few. He's a dookie. It just never works. It just never works. Because you can look at statistics like, well, wait a minute. Look what he's doing. There's actually nothing good that he's doing. Like, there's not one thing that he's doing that I can be impressed about. What do you think they're... What do you think they're trying to bench him. It's not because he's good, because he's a headache, because he's not worth anything. It's just not. His career is quickly derailed. Let me say that again. His career quickly derailed. October 22nd was the last game he played. Out of three games, he averaged two points, 10 minutes, 50% from the field, four rebounds. That was it. That was it. The, the Sacramento Kings don't want him anymore. They're going to trade him. 
before this trade deadline comes up. If you told me they're going to trade before game 25, I would expect that much sooner. So for me personally, expect these two players in the trade block, Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, because Luke Walton, gosh forbid, he tries to get a normal team. No, we must have these two players that are just no longer meshing. They can no longer be suitable for that franchise. And likewise, for the franchise, the players, right? Marvin Bagley tried to make this work. His agent tried to make this work. The Kings are done. The Kings made a poor uh, draft choice. If this goes down as the worst trade the uh, and the worst pick in NBA history, I will legit make a, I'll make a documentary of the Kings and their failure. I'll make it out of the 2018 NBA draft. I'll do it because I'm right. And that's no conspiracy theory, right? The Kings messed up. Now, after four years, or going into his fourth year, they're like, yeah, we're just going to dump you off. But with Buddy Heald, it's a little different. He adds value, but that value has never grown. It's just stayed, stayed the same. And inconsistency has risen. Now, he's only 28, so he's still in his prime. So, you got to remember, last season, he averaged 16. 20, 2019, he averaged 19 points. 2018 was 20. He's grown. He has. He's become more consistent in his field goal percentage. He's gaining on his rebounds. His assist will always stay between two to three. But his minutes are up and down. He can have 20-minute games. He can be averaging 20 minutes per game or 25 or 30. It just all depends. Now, the one sentence in the favor of the Sacramento Kings is Harrison Barnes. Has anyone remember who he was? You may not be the biggest fan of Harrison Barnes, or you may not be remembering him correctly, but Barnes is 29 years old, and right now he's making a name out of himself. Let me tell you, he's averaging 28 points per game. His opening season game, 36. Uh, second game of the season, 25. And guess the goals, excuse me, as the Golden State Warriors, 24 and 7. He's averaging close to double doubles each game. He's averaging 28, 10, or 2 per game. There's a reason. This is the breakout season in Sacramento. He's never had that kind of success in Dallas and Golden State. It just depends how you uh, manage a player. And I'm saying that both Peeled and Bagley have gone raw in the deal. But there's also pressure to becoming a second overall pick in the NBA draft. There's pressure to being known as the guy that was supposed to take his franchise to the next level. There are pressures to that. Now, you are supposed to rise above a Martel Fultz. No offense against him, but you have to be able to rise up against that. Harrison Barnes is having a great season. Now, can the former 7th overall pick back in the 2012 NBA draft stay with that consistency? Who knows? But as far as I know right now, he's averaging uh, close to 29 points per game and 50% from the field. That is epic. That is special. And that is something that should not be taken lightly, for sure. For sure and for certain.
I'll debate that all day long because I know Harrison Barnes is special, at least in this season. Last season was 16. The season before that was 14. He's slowly making his way. Maybe they'll work it and go and see it. Harrison Barnes still did some great numbers. Thing for him is that when he took the Kings uh, job, when he took that roster spot, he became irrelevant because the franchise is irrelevant. But what, what am I trying to really get here? We've gone different avenues. We've gone to different speaking points. What I'm basically saying is that only Harrison Barnes is being shined. DeAndre Fox is a good basketball player, but being shunned out because of the because um, of the lack of um, just the lack of attention Sacramento's getting. That is the same concept with Buddy Hill and Marvin Bagley. Now the Kings are just trying to toy with him. They're just trying to mess his mind up. Why? Because they can, and that they're just going to try to make each and every one a living nightmare. They're making their lives a living nightmare. Legit. Legit. I'm not even kidding you when I say that. Now, like a team that's in rebuild mode, you also have the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic is not as bad as where um, the Sacramento Kings are, but you never know. But maybe it's time to move on from him. This is also a guy from the 2012 draft class. I guess that he was from the 2012 draft class. Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross could be a hit on his way out. But that's what one NBA executive said. One NBA executive confidently states is a bold declaration that the Magic would trade Terrence Ross, who's 30 years old, um, who is averaging 12 points per game right now, who's averaging 1-1 per game, right? Assistant rebound per game. He's been for Orlando since 2016. Toronto was his first home from 2012 to 2016. Then he was traded to Orlando. And then he wound up at Orlando till now. But in a rebuild mode, to get younger guys, more efficient guys, I would 100% back them trading him. No offense against Ross. Ross is not a bad basketball player, but it's time to get someone younger. It's time to get more pieces, more assets. I would do it. Because this Orlando Magic's team needs it. Because he's also has fair share and whatnot. Uh, he's had fair shares of up and downs. But they have Jalen Suggs. They have Mortiz Wagner. Cole Anthony. Franz Wagner. Mohamed Bamba. Jonathan Isaac. Martel Fultz. RJ Hampton. Wendell Carter Jr. Like the guys I'm listing right here are... But way before their primes, or just in that sweet spot. Wendell Jr. got locked up for a nice deal. Martel Fultz has come back from an injury. Same with, um, what's his name? Jonathan Isaac. And then you see Jalen Suggs just drafted Cole Anthony, drafted two uh, drafts ago. The Wagner brothers are playing there together, if anybody cares. Um... They're putting up, okay, Mortis Wagner's pulling up six points, but Franz is pulling up 13, right? So what am I trying to get at here? When you're looking to rebuild, 
Younger's better in some cases, unless you're the Lakers and you're like, let's make an older team because that should go well. And I hope that it does. I wish them success, but it's also like, Younger's better sometimes. You build it around Martel Fultz and that team he has there. That's what he did by getting rid of Aaron Gordon. It wasn't working. That's why he got rid of Evan Forner. That's just the reason why. There was reasons why they got rid of all those guys. Because they knew they were going to be able to take the assets from it. That's why they traded Forner for, for two second rounders from Danny H's some uh, Celtics, right? And so it's just interesting when we look at that. They had made good investments. They traded with many, many teams to get many, many good players or prospect players in return. And it goes a long way because the Magic did well this past draft, highlighting it, Jalen Suggs. That's not an understatement. That is not an understatement at all because they made choices and now it's paying off in a sense. Right? Can we, can we agree on that? Suggs is averaging 12.5 points per game, free assists, free rebounds. Not bad. His field percentage is ugly. 29% from the field. That's ugly. And that's in 20, 20.5 minutes. You guys get where I'm going. So you're going to trade a player, trade Terrence Ross, depart with him. But also remember, you got to leave some guys for veteran experience. Can't forget about that. Veterans make a team. Legit. Legit. I'm never going to complain about having veterans on a team unless there's too many older players. But then it'll become a problem. Unless you can make it work. Unless you're the Bulls, the Lakers, whatever, old-time Celtics. It just doesn't work. It's just going to be really, really interesting how this all plays out. But I can see those three guys on the trade block traded before the trade deadline. That's where I'm seeing it. That is where I am seeing it. Without a shout out my mind, I am not. Yeah, I'm not going to forget about that. I'm, I'm, I, I seriously do believe. That you're going to see these three players on different teams. They're not going to be with their, they're not going to be with their same teams come the deadline. They're just not. And I can bet on that all day long. Okay. So final piece of breaking news before we wrap it up. And spunk on in. This is going to be a fun ride. And it's Cantor. He's... He had, vo he had a voice on the vaccine, Carl Braun. But he is now a global human rights activist. Support him. Support him in every single way. Why? Because not only is he calling out um, China's commun communist brutaling, brutalizing dictator, He's also calling on Nike. Why? Because it's true what he said. It's also true in everything. Nike is the face of the NBA in terms of apparel. I addressed that in, in the article yesterday. But, you know what? They stand 
for non-forced labor work. Yet, they're going through China and having uh, forced uh, work-forced laborers. They are forcing uh, Uyghurs, Uyghur people, I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that name, I truly apologize. They forced them to do labor work. China is committing genocide. They're sending their own people to concentration camps. To put it blunt, they are torturing and murdering and, br and brutally harming them. That's China. That's communism. These are sick, demonic people that's going to burn for eternity. That's it. Because they are horrible human beings that are torturing their own people. But why is this bringing significance? Why is no one else talking about this story? Because they want to remain silent. Because the Boston Celtics have already been canceled from China. But why is that such a big deal? Not because of the billions of dollars they're losing. But just in that section alone. China has billions upon billions of people. But in a small section, a small population, just to take out a few numbers. The United States has let alone. 340 million, somewhere around there, people living in the United States. China has that in just a small section of their uh, communist regime, uh, just of China in general. They have billions of people living in China. Understand, they're losing money. Fans that want to see the Celtics or the NBA in general are losing out of it because China's canceling them because of harsh truth. The NBA is bowing down to China by staying silent. Did people like Rolling Stones and Deadspin, they're woke people, they're woke organizations, they're woke companies. No matter where you spin it, whether you spin it on the vaccine, spin it on COVID, spin it on China, tech, you can even take something harmless and no making it something race baiting wise. They, it's insane. It's really, really insane. But Ennis Kantar is sticking up for the voiceless by attacking the Communist China uh, Chinese Party and Nike. The CCP Nike. That is legit my headline. Why? There is more significance. So when people say it's bigger than basketball, this is bigger than basketball. This is bigger than basketball. Ennis Kantar wants human rights. He wants, he, he wants people to experience freedom, not brutalizing beatdowns and murders. You have, you have to understand. And as Kantar uh, tweeted something yesterday to the owner at Nike, Phil Knight, how about I book a plane ticket? How about, how about I book plane tickets for us and let's fly to China together? We can try to visit these slave labor camps, and you can see it with your own eyes. At King James, at Jumpman23, you're welcome to come too. And UA, uh, UA forced labor. Look, reason why they're making so much profit is because of the sense they're able to manufacture this stuff. China's killing off their own people. Send the concentration camps, labor, uh, labor camps. This is real. 
for for all of you college people out there that think socialism, communism is cool, it's not. I, I said this. I said this to one of my teachers and whatnot because we were talking about capitalism, communism, right? Talking about the Cold War. I said to her, I said to my teacher, communism. Sure, everyone's equal. Everyone's equal under communism. That's because your freedoms and your simple liberties are stripped away and you're left with nothing. You have no opportunity. You can't do anything. You are censored. You have to be told what to do by a government and it regulates you. Come on. So we can see this shiny stuff like, oh, free Medicare, free health benefits, free whatever, free education. Let's have free college, free this, free that. Oh, but that's just the pros. They're not even good pros. And when you look at the cons, you see what China's doing. China is a deadly place to be at. It's not safe. It's not safe. Apple bowed down to them by removing the Quran and different Bible apps from their app store because China was trying to regulate them, trying to suppress them. But also, like Apple, they sold their soul to the devil, which is China. Understand where we're at. Their own people are dying. And this twisted old man, who's their dictator, is loving it. He's loving it. There are people protesting down there to close the concentration camps, to stop the genocide against their own people. Does this have any remorse? Does this have any effect on you? Ennis Cantor is sticking up for something respectable, honorable, and he's risking everything. The NBA does have his back. They're doing the same thing that they're doing to Daryl Moore. They're blasting him. Or at least staying silent. They know it's true. They know it's true. They know the, the, the country they're bowing down to is an evil, evil country. Sure, the NBA can bash on the United States, who's given them freedom and opportunities. But how dare we? A bash on a country killing their own people. This is inhumane. This isn't political. This is a humanitarian issue. This is a human issue. They're killing their own people. They're regulating them. I'm sorry if these t if these words I am speaking out of my own mouth is making you uncomfortable. But sometimes the truth is uncomfortable. We have sold our companies, have sold themselves to China for money. It's money talks. But not to Ennis. This is a man you must support. No matter what his air takes are. People don't like him or people are trying to silence the issue. Because they don't want to lose money. They don't want to lose revenue. They don't want to lose viewership. But. But yes. This is where we're at now. We're going to say, oh, it's okay. The United States are bad. The United States are bad because of whatever issue. But they're not worried about China killing, torturing, brutally harming innocent people. That's real.
And let's say if anyone in the world has no heart for that. I don't care what the circumstance is, but that that's that's low. That's low. And the old man that's dictating China, he's scum of the earth. He's a horrible human being. He should go rot. He's killing his own people. He's proud of it. He wants China to be more regulating than what it is. He wants them to be more brutal. This isn't fun. You call re-education camps, consecration camps, labor camps. They're forcing people to be slaves. Just saying. It's sad. Ennis Cantor is doing nothing wrong. We should be supporting him. Not bashing him. Or not, not bashing him, but not silencing him. Don't try to silence a murdering issue. They're trying to... This is an evil, evil game. This is not good. This is not, not good. He wants the Chinese government to let Tibet go. Let me tell you this. China has so much effect over us. Hollywood, John Cena, said Taiwan was a, Taiwan was a country, with his own country. He didn't refer to be China's property, China's territory, which it's not. Taiwan is free. But China is not. It got so bad because of the money that they're pouring into Hollywood. John Cena had to do some really, really bad um, apology. It's wrong. It's sick. Good on Ed's Cantor. Good for him. He's sticking up. He's right when he said hashtag hypocrite Nike. Nike is the biggest hypocrite ever. But you want know what's even more funny? You have some loser, a woke loser, Colin Kaepernick as your spokesperson. And it's funny, I don't know how the commercial goes or whatever the sponsorship was, but it's like, uh, just do it, even if it means sacrificing everything. Something like that. One of the funniest things is, they're doing it. And they're sacrificing people's lives. That's simple. Nike's evil. China is brutally evil. Like, they're beyond evil. They are filth on this earth. They are scum. It's evil. It's evil. People should be backing people like Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor is a real bold hero. Because he's speaking up for the voiceless. He's taking his platform with his followers. And he's saying, stop the genocide. Stop the forced labor. Stop the slavery. He's calling on Nike. He's like, you better stop. Stop what you're doing. You're promoting slavery. You are hypocrites. 
You are bowing down to a sick, demented, twisted little old man that just became dictator and is killing everyone. So please support Ennis Cantor. Buy his shoes. Buy his clothing. Support him. Raise his voice. Retweet it. Share it. Share with family. Share with friends. Share with school. Share with your neighbors. Get the word out. Why? Because this is a brave man who's using his platform, his voice, for the voices that are trying to protest freedom. Look, say what you will, say what you want about socialism and communism. But the fact that you would want to be all of this pretty rainbow stuff, socialism and communism, communism never worked. Look at Cuba, Venezuela, China, Russia. It never works. Why do you think many, many countries were adopting what the United States were doing with capitalism, with their freedom? What do you think there was a containment policy? What do you think there was an anti-communism policy? Read history, not what the liberals are throwing down your uh, throwing down on you. Read something that's unbiased. Like look around you. It's evil what China's doing, but yeah, we're bashing United States. Really? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But then again, I'm not the idiot that voted for Joe Biden. Just saying. Whatever. That 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 just it breaks my heart to say, yeah, we have a country that's killing their own people, and he's happy. So please support Ennis Cantor because he is truly a hero and a voice. And I hope he keeps this up. He said he wasn't going to stop, and I hope he doesn't stop. I reached out to him for further comments on this, just for further everything, because I wanted to say thank you to him first, but I also wanted to know what, well, I just wanted, I just wanted to message him and whatnot. But this is a bold step, and I'm happy that someone's finally speaking up against the genocide being committed in China. That is truly, 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 truly amazing. So yeah, please support him. Support him right here, right now. Even if it's just thanking him, or even if it's just reposting it, get the word out. Trust us. Trust me. This is something bigger than basketball. You want to look up to somebody, look up to Cantor and his uh, human activist views. Not a human activist that's a hypocrite and a liar. No, look at somebody that's bold and is calling out Nike. That's calling out China because of this. And he's doing it in multiple tweets. He's doing this professionally and he's doing this boldly. And this is, to me, I'm make an observation, but it's something that's bold to him. This is something that means something to him. And I'm happy he's fighting for this. So, cool deal, cool deal. That was my breaking news of the day for the podcast episode. Moving on, we have this. 
with two teams already at 4-0, who would win that early matchup, Warriors or Bulls? The Bulls and the Warriors are both 4-0. Who would actually win that matchup? Who would win that matchup? Honestly. When can we see that? Because both teams are in first place. They don't meet up until November 12th in the Oracle Arena. Uh, they don't meet up until November 12th. And they don't meet up again until I'm looking right now. That's the only time they meet up. That is the only, 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 only time they meet up. So what are we supposed to expect from November 12th? What are we supposed to expect? Look, that to me, who would win that matchup? If everyone's healthier, so healthy, you're going to have two loaded teams, two great coaches go at it. Because this isn't the Bulls where you could just trample all over them. No, it's being led by front of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, Kobe White, all these different guys. And then Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson went healthy, um, James Wiseman, right? All these different guys. All these different guys. Then you have two of the best minds in the game of basketball to date. That is going to be a really, really cool matchup. So who would win that? It's going to be hard to say, but I don't know. I'm going to leave that undetermined. But if I had to pick someone, I would actually take the Bulls. I think he's got more options, more firepower, and it seems like they're just coming together really, really well. Now, the question I want to ask ourselves is, will both these teams hold up, more so the Bulls hold up, when it comes to the All-Star break? Or just those different pockets? Because I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But I don't think so. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But I do believe they're going to put above high 500 season. So that's something we talked about in the uh uh what you call it, not postseason but off season but what we're talking about in the off season looking at all of our series and whatnot. I talked about the Chicago Bulls and whatnot. So future is bright for them. I also want to say this when looking at the Warriors they're gonna have success. They've had success before. Now they're just trying to find their rhythm again. It's looking like they are. It seems like Andrew Wiggins is putting in Jordan Poole is putting in Curry's pointing in, all these different guys are putting in. But you also got with the Chicago Bulls. It's going to be a great head to head matchup. Zach Levine, Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Kobe White, all these different matches. Draymond Green, DeMar DeRozan. Um, I know, I know, oh man, I know you got a lot more. Hold on. I'm try, I, I can match the guy's face. Then you got Alonzo Ball, Alex Crusoe, Nikhil Vujovic, Patrick Williams. Like that team is stacked. Really? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that team to lose. I'm just not. Because even though the Warriors do have Curry, Thompson, Igudala, Poole, Porter, uh Wiseman, Green, all those different Moody, Wiggins, that's a lot. Payne, Bradley, like even though you got all of that, even though you have all of that. I'm still going to take, it's going to be a close contest. It's going to come down to the final wire. But I'm going to give that game to the Chicago Bulls. Unless something changes, I'm giving it to the Chicago Bulls. And finally on our list, we 
have the game of the day. Number one game to watch, Kings against the Suns. I would go check it out. That is going to be a really, really good game. Tonight, 7 p.m., the Suns take on the Kings at the Footprint Center. Go watch it. The Suns are going to find their groove like the uh, like the Lakers are finding, like the Warriors have already been finding because they're 4-0. Now. The Kings, they're both the same record. The Suns should beat them. If they lose, I don't know. I just don't know. That would be a really, really bad team loss. No matter the outcome. It's going to be interesting to see if Karen Payne's going to be a GOAT because he was dealing with that hamstring issue. Um, I'm going to see what I can find out on the internet when not. But I'm going to take my Phoenix Suns. I think it's going to be, I, don't, I hope it's not a close game. Because it's something that the Suns should beat them. The Suns should be a team like that. Without a shadow of a doubt, the Suns should be able to beat them like that. And that's where I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them to win. I'm going to take the Suns to win over the Kings 10 out of 10 times, uh, uh, 10 out of 10 times, every single day on the week, and then twice on Sunday. Uh, let me know what you guys' thoughts on all of this is by contacting us at 602-791-2108. That's the Courts of Heat text line again. That is 602-791-2108. And always look at the, um, look at the show notes. We'll be having the membership re registration open still. Get on to the elite membership, the silver membership, or any membership that you feel like. Ranging from $1 to $3. Your first three days are free. F-R-E-E. T-H-R-E-E. For F-R-E-E. That is free days for free. Join it. You're going to love it. Get all these insane perks and bonuses and tips and tricks for me and everything else that I collect. Plus, get insider info on the documentary being released. It is going to be incredible. I cannot wait. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. We're going to see a lot of cool NBA action. The doubleheader will be for, for um, you know, the Lakers are going to have back-to-back -back games. Suns are going to have uh, had some rest. Now they're going to take on the Kings at home. That's going to be something really cool to see. And as always, get your fancy basketball lines ready. I'll show you guys the top scores come tomorrow of, like, of all tomorrow's games. Because today, there, yesterday, there were some games, but not that many. Yesterday, we saw Shago to Alexander misses for ESPN head-to-head -head leagues. Shago Alexander put up for, uh, 47. Julius Randle put up 37. Um, then we saw, sorry, 43 by Draymond Green, 29 by Donovan Mitchell, um, White got pub 23, Boogie Doncic pub 54, Tobias Harris 52, Rudy Gobert 34, Walker put up 46, Polite put up 58, Westbrook put up a stunning 67, expect more off Embiid who only got 20 right. You're going to have that. You're going to have Murray, 68, Curry, 35, Ingles, 39, Wiggins, 44. Porzingis was disappointing, but had an injury. Watch new. Not really shocking. No, Jokic also had an injury, but he had 48 points. This is all for fantasy. Eight, Anthony Davis had 70. John Clarkson had 26, and Mike Porter Jr. had 27. 
that is it for the ESPN head-to-head -head look. It's going to be really cool how this all pans out. See you guys for listening to this podcast. Remember to rate, share, like, subscribe. Just do it for everyone that you know because this is a really cool podcast episode. And, and yeah, we're just expanding. We're growing. And without further ado, let's just roll. Let's have the in, let's have the outro music. Just take us out. I'll see you guys from Thursday morning. I'm like having a brain break for all my days. So I'm mixing the one. Yeah, Thursday morning, 8 a.m. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. And now, let's just have the outro music take us out now.